You are listening to the podcast that's basically a book club. Welcome to the Book Leggers. Thanks for tuning in to our Shadow of the Gods episode. We just wanted to give you a bit of a heads up, as this audio does have a bit of background noise. We apologize. However, we truly love this book and really wanted to get this episode out to you. We thank you for your patience, and we hope you enjoy this book just as much as we did. Welcome to the Book Leggers, the podcast. It's basically a book club. I'm your host, Jake. What up? I'm Stab Me Mommy, (laughs) a.k.a. Orca Call Me, a.k.a. Joel. (laughs) I didn't realize you had such a crush on her. A dog, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. 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 Like, she would wear the pants in that relationship, and, like, no, no, one, could talk sh- no one could talk shit about it. Yeah, 100%. fucking murder you. Yeah, she doesn't like you. She murders you. Yes. Uh, last episode, we discussed Kings of the Wild. Uh, this episode, we're discussing Shadow of the Gods by John Gwynn. And welcome to episode three, Two Guys, One Spurt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Spurt. Uh, and I'm pretty pretty certain that we could say that we are hooked on this book. Yes. I would like to say, listeners, listener, Betty, whoever you are out there. Betty. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think Flex too ashamed to say. I don't think I don't think Fleck was in it until until chapter twelve ish. No, um, no, I'm it was actually gonna, chapter, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you out. It was chapter ten. <laughs> Oh, okay. Sorry, I exaggerated yeah. a little. No, chapter twelve was really good. The chapter tens were picked up, but in the beginning, I was, I also was like traveling for work and just exhausted. Yeah, but, blah, 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 blah. I have a job. Um, uh, yeah, I take finals. Uh. <laughs> However, it picked the fuck up, and I'm hooked now. Yes. Uh, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is gonna, this isn't gonna be that great. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's good. but um, we will talk more about that later first let's talk about our boy john gwynn uh so this is the first in his trilogy the blood sworn uh the next book is hunger of the gods that is out currently i uh, do not know what the third one is I'm not a future teller uh it's set in a norse inspired world and it has a lot of praise going into this it also has to be said that John Gwynn is a very fucking interesting guy. Is he? Uh, yeah. He's an English author, was apparently born in Singapore, was okay. in a rock and roll band. And this yep. is like a direct quote from like an interview. And now, together with his wife, Gwynn runs a small family business in rejuvenating vintage furniture. He also is very fond of training for battle with the spear, sword, and shield on the South Downs. <laughs> okay. Which, so he's a what? What is that called? LARP, LARPing? Is that I, what that I is? think he's more like historically accurate LARPing. Like he's not going out there with like a Nerf sword. I think he's <laughs> literally going out there. And then like his Goodreads picture is like him in like chainmail. Hell yeah! So as crazy enough as that is in modern day, I think it does show though because I feel like the weapons play in the novel as well as like how accurate the fighting is. I. I I think it really helps him in the long run. Yeah, yeah. He's Works playing out well for him. He's he's playing and he's writing a book in three thousand while we're still back in the two thousands. But before we get into it, what are you drinking? I am. Listen, this can's so fucking hard to read. I'm still trying to figure out what the name is. It's like I think it's it, this is from Academia Brewing Company. This is the one hundred percent pure Imperial O negative. What does any of that mean? I don't know. But hold I on, feel like hold that's on. a math joke. Everyone, 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 shh, 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 everyone listen. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> you did a great job at that it the mic sounded like you're back in Ukraine. I am oh, drinking good. just a Hefeweizen, but, but the beer name being Hefeweizen isn't why I was drawn to it. It is by Vossen Brewing Company. Yes. It is a... German ale yeast, German wheat, German pilsner malt, mandarina, Bavaria, Mandalorian hops with some Czech Saz hops. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Yes, and the Vasen is going to tie in pretty fucking soon. That that is perfect, actually. I know. Yeah, I was like, wow, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't yeah, do oh, that yeah. in front of the. Yeah, I, did. I hope you yeah. got that. Okay. Jesus yeah, I Christ. Up. And mine is also pretty tasty. I love Hefeweizens. 
Yeah, I I'll do too. Well, oh, this one's good. So, as we <laughs> explained in episode one, uh, we're having a book this time. I think it's like 56 or 54 chapters, and we stopped at chapter 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to record our takes, give our predictions, where we think the book's going, and uh, repeat all while we record our reactions, discuss the developments along the way. Unlike normal, I'd say we reached a pretty natural plot point uh, to pause at. Yeah. So that was kind of awesome. We were discussing about where to stop, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was just like, it hey, just let's worked just out. stop here. And that was great, because if you can't tell by our previous comment, we are fucking busy. I know. So, first off, world building. Yep. I will say always. this Viking world is absolutely refreshing. I don't know about you. Yeah. And I think what really helped me, you haven't played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, have you? No, but you haven't watched History's Viking Channel. So that's well, true. Wait. So we both let me have rephrase different... that Viking History Channel. Yeah, I know. We we know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so that's good for both of us. We each have our own kind of reference. Like a, right. Like a, a base was already kind of in our head for a, a Viking world. And yes. I like how old John did the right, you know, he, I think with, uh, you know, all the gods being animals and how their bones are still, you know, kind of Powerful. scattered across the, the world. I think that is just enough spice. You know, he's not getting weird. He's not recreating the wheel. And I think you're, you're totally right. Cause I wanted to highlight, I think he peels it back. Yes. Like just enough. Like you get just a taste of like, they're being like from chapter one, there's like the fell wolf or whatever, where it's like, you know, the, the giant wolf and you're like, yes. oh, okay, there's like, some, you know, there's some monsters in here. And then like, mm-hmm. like you start slowly peeling a little bit more and we you start learning about, you know, like the tainted, the God touch, mm-hmm. but then we're in fucking like snack of it or whatever the fuck it's called. Yep. And there is a giant skull that the city is dwarfed by and you just slowly start being thrown into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's probably perfectly done. Yes. It's just enough spice. Exactly. Just enough sci Obviously, the whole book is like sci-fi fantasy, but again, obviously, the Vikings were a real thing, so yeah, it's just just enough yeah. little extra extra flair. Also, the thing that I think we need to talk about is, is like this world building that he's done has created like a huge fan base. So clearly, that- people love this book, and that's reflected in the Goodreads. So the world is called Vigoro, and the other continent, and this is the one I think I'm going to slaughter because I haven't had someone yell it to me, but uh, Issacadan. Yeah, that's close enough. I don't think I can do better than that. All right, cool. And I was like super fucking happy about this because in Kings of the Wild, and I know I mentioned it, but I could not figure out what the world was called, no matter what happened. I just know it happened in Kings of the Wild land. Well, well that, now that's going to fucking bother me. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's book still five out of five. And I know I kind of spoiled myself when I said this. You know, the world building slowly builds. And he throws the Vasan in at the perfect time. They're just, like, randomly coming in. They're kind of bad. You have to, like, fight them in the woods. The other thing that he throws in is, like, the Tainted, which, you know, can... I'm kind of lumping the Sayor Witches and Warlock Dude and their magic with being touched with the gods and sort of creating, like, these specific talented god touch people aka like the berserkers the i don't know how to say the word give me a second what is it called ulf hyanar which is mm, yep a person descended from ulfrir the wolf god we have the hunter thralls or whatever they're called which are basically like hounds uh, i feel bad for those guys i do i feel really bad for those guys <laughs> They just basically are told to smell shit and walk on all fours. And yeah, like as far as like the tainted go, definitely the the worst to be. Oh yeah, you yeah, by, you're not you're far. not excited when you figure that out. You're like, oh man, I can smell really good. Fuck, like mm-hmm. if only I was a descendant of the wolf or descendant know, of or the, the eagle. And when he does this for the world building, it all leads up to the crescendo, which is Snackovit, which is the city that's made under the skull of the father of the gods. I don't know if I'm speaking for both of us, but it was at that moment that I was like, oh, shit, we in this bitch. Like, this is we're fully immersed now. Yeah, I think that that was for me, that was the point where, like, the gods kind of became more tangible. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, because just, at first it's just stories, like we're hearing songs, stories, right. and stories, and you know the tainted are saying, 
And then but we go to like that like one a, meeting um, where they have their like all tiding or whatever it's called. They're all thing. All thing. Yeah, the all things. And they start talking about like how the gods sort of betrayed them. And then it's like, oh, but it's like, you know, it's like hearsay in a way. Cause you're like, ah, it's just stories. Mm-hmm. But then when you're fucking in that city, you're like, uh, I don't think it was a story anymore. Yeah, I think I think it was true. Yeah. Ooh, which okay, I need to remind me to bring something up later. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it yet. So as we're in this Norse inspired world, we start off with three very separate stories. And I think it's pretty interesting because they are slowly being drawn into each other. Yes. I am not exactly sure how the fuck it's gonna happen, but they mm-hmm. are slowly being connected by the names of the antagonists. Mm-hmm. And as things are becoming more interconnected, I'm fucking hooked. I'm very excited. Yes. The uh I think like when we first start talking about Queen Helka, I was like, oh, like maybe this is just um like Orca's like mini boss. Right. And then when we start seeing her in Varg's story, I was like, oh, oh wait a minute. And, and then we, yeah, and then we see Elvar and her Jarl store, or whatever the hell his name is. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, like that is the antagonist. That is our main villain. We just haven't gotten there yet. Yep. And also the other thing is with John Gwynn, the way he writes, I could be completely fucking wrong. And, yeah, yeah, we probably yeah. are, but it's okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like this is the most that our predictions will fail. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, we will not be close. But so, I think all in all, the world building is is pretty crazy. And I know that you don't get to see this because you're reading, you're, well, listening to the mm-hmm. audiobook. But the map that they put is a two-page map oh. in, the, in the book. And I really fucking like it. And it is probably one of the best legible maps as far as like a front page map on a book goes. That is what I miss about a good hard paperback book. Is the stuff like yeah, the glossary and the maps that they put in and Well the thing about this map is that it's very simple. And so you can imply like where people are going. And what I didn't realize is like you can see the skull of Snackovic. Like you can see the Vasen pit. Like I don't know. It's everything important is highlighted and everything not is left out. It's I okay, yeah, I love that. I think it's pretty pretty dope. So, I think we've kind of cheated and we're into characters a little bit. So we can That's get into fine. it. So, with the three separate stories, I think we're going to group them in three separate character things. Like that? So, we're going to start off with your favorite. Mm. Orca. Mm. And I did write down that she's a blonde woman who can fuck shit up when she needs to. Mm. I'm sorry, but you got some... Well, you don't really got some competition, but you had some competition. Good old Thorkin. Thorkel. Thorkel. <laughs> her husband. And then eventually a confirmed tainted. Yep. But we are not sure what type of tainted. I think but he's a, a, the, a, a bear. I think he was I think, a bear. I mean, I think he's a bear for sure. Mm-hmm. So that brings up their son, Brecca, who we now know is the son of a tainted and is worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about Orca's story is, so they start off hunting, you know, and you kind of get her general vibe is that she's been in sort of bloody conflict before, and she's sort of in like the peaceful time of her life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they announced it in the audiobook, but when you get to chapter one, you know, I think that this, they kind of drive it home. But they start off with saying the year 297 of, fuck, Frithothorold, the Age of Peace. So that kind of like sets a tone that I think that there was not an Age of Peace and that she yep. had to do some shit. And you kind of oh, get I'm that sure with like her inner dialogue because she is yeah. constantly being like, we could have killed it or fuck that thing. We need to kill it. But I mean, is there anything that you would like to say? Comments, please. No, I think which I don't want to divulge. Do we are, are we divulging the whole oh, character we're, development, we're or are we? We're a spoiler podcast. You, well, it's just like I. The thing I appreciated most about it is for so long, like kind of up until uh, we actually start seeing Orca in like physical conflict. It ju- he just like keeps subtly building the fact that like she's a badass. Yes. Like how it mentions that she's taller and bigger than Thorkel. And then when they have the uh, the interaction, what's the name of that dickbag 
That's oh, the Jarl Gudavar. When they have that interaction, how they mention that again, she's bigger than him. And at, yeah, at some can we talk point, about how everybody fucking hates that dude. Yeah, well, he's a prick. He's, he, he's, he's the definition. And just the how they mentioned that, like, essentially, Thor, like, they got met Thorkel and Orca got married, essentially, not because he could restrain her if he needed to, but he's, like, the closest thing that they were going to get. Yes. Which makes me think that she is special. And we are very special. She bay. She bay. And now... Oh, you have to talk about it. But so Orca has a series of side characters. Mm-hmm. Probably one of my favorite fucking abominations I've ever had to read about. Spurt. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be real honest when Spurt was first being described and the, you know, like especially like his fucking diet. I was like, oh, God, is this book going to be weird? Oh, no. I mean, it's it's a little weird. I mean, he's a scorpion, scorpion, millipede, river crab, millipede with a human face. Yep, that vomits black stuff that can really fuck you up. Yeah, but I think it's really cool because this is like a way that we start to see that there was this life before Brecca, and that you know they they came out here creating like their own land, mm-hmm. and they needed protection. And with the failing of the gods, the runes not working anymore. Which I have a. Uh, a kind of a complication with that because the runes were keeping the Vasen away apparently before. But when Snackovit falls, the Vasen appear. So like there were Vasen before that, just in less quality, like quantity. Right. And that's how I took that as. Well think because remember like the whole thing with like the the whole um the whole fight the fighting between the gods started when i can't remember who it was the dragon i know it was the dragon yeah, it was dragon i can't I, I remember read, I, I know whoever name. but it was like the other person killed the dragon's like kid or best friend or something and the dragon got pissed and was like look at all these motherfuckers i can make yeah true and that's how they created so i, I kind of you know I, I imagine it like uh science you know people like at first were like we don't know how to fucking deal with these things but you know eventually they're like hey we can doodle on the wall and they'll like go away <laughs> i'm sure that they would love to hear you guys call it doodles yeah that's exactly what they do yes but then they like break the o stones and stuff so i i don't know there's a lot more that could be i think put into that but there's so much fucking happening that there's really no space Mm -hmm. and i guess this is where i can say i think orca should have had her own fucking book again we we've kind of said this about every book we've done so far is i think like even just like a short story yeah like she had a short story like a short novella like i'm i'm assuming that you know orca and thorkill were like a part of like a mercenary band or something kind of like varg and elvar are like at some point and you know they're tired together, like just the. Well, I think they were yeah. they were thralls, so aka slaves. Oh, you think? And yeah, because they they mentioned that in like chapter seventeen or something that they're like the thrall call the feeling of a thrall collar is not pleasant or something like that. Oh, and so I think they were both like warrior thralls, and that's why they were surprised to see another one. They're like, oh, we haven't seen that in a while, and I think it's because oh, aka they're in the time of peace, and they used to not be. Yeah, oh. and that's why I think, and I guess we can just get into it what we're talking about. I think Orca is a dragonborn. Thrall. Orca is a thousand percent a dragonborn. I've never been more confident in a fucking thing, and so that makes Brecca even more interesting. Yeah, because he's going to be a be both a dragon bear, a dragon bear, and the hybrid thing is interesting. But anyway, Spurt's my boy. The dude almost dies trying to save the family, and. All he really requires is just blood well, and spit and oatmeal. spit. Yep. Oatmeal. Every morning. Every morning. And then he'll protect you from at least one intruder. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got you. He's real solid for one guy. <laughs> yeah. After one that. thing. He's good. <laughs> After kind, that, kind, kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. You might be able to get two. You never know. I absolutely love Spurt. He's an abomination. But he's also like the first time where you realize that there's sort of a level where these magical creatures can talk versus some of the ones that can't. And there's sort of this mm-hmm. hierarchy. And then it makes the gods even more believable. Yeah. So I think Spurt's super important. Also, the fact that he's currently still alive. Great. My boy. 
my boy Spurt. So then we get into the next batch of characters, which is Varg. And Varg, at first, was my favorite. Really? Yeah. I don't know why, but I really like the idea that he was, like, running away. He's on this mission. And he kind of reminds me, and I know we talked about this novel a lot, but sort of like Liza Lacklamora. Like, he's playing the thrall collar that he has. He's, oh, mm-hmm. he's sort of acting like a slave. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, he he is and was. Right. But he knows that, like, he can use it to his advantage and sort of do this act and get him into the city, get him past while he's being chased. And he's also, like, really dutiful. And he's sworn that, like, I don't know, a death oath with his sister that he'll figure out who killed her. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to get a sailor witch. And what do you know in the town that he's in? How convenient. How convenient. The Bloodsworn are there with their world-renowned Sayer Witch. And the other thing is that they are hosting tryouts. Convenient. (laughs) Very. Come to the treeouts. Yeah, very convenient. And so then we meet sort of his side characters. First off, we meet Einar, the (laughs) half-troll. Yeah, and can we let's just take a second to appreciate that he goes for the nut punch and fucking yeah. Einar wears a cuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's like many have tried. <laughs> I like the, to think it's like at speed bag height and you're like, oh, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> and the thing the thing that I'm slowly starting to appreciate about Varg is that he for me at least, he kind of seems like he's obviously he does have a very serious, you know, storyline, like yeah, he's trying to avenge his sister's death and and kind of all that, but he's kind of slowly he's the closest thing so far, in my opinion, that we've gotten to like a comedic relief. Yeah. You know, like when like when they're shopping, you know, when they're when the Bloodsworn are about to leave and they're shopping and he wants to get the Brinja, the the thing of armor. They're like, No, you can't do that. Like you have to take it off the, the yeah. first guy you kill in battle. And he's like, well, that's fucking dumb. I have <laughs> yes. to fight a person with armor just to take it. He's like, that yeah. seems unfair. Well, uh, spoiler alert. He fucking does. Yeah. After he stabs him with the spear that he left the fucking cover. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that is the comedic relief. And, mm-hmm. and then the fact that like Fick or whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. is like looking at him while he's riding the horse. It like was hilarious to me. He's like, how the fuck did you get up there? Yeah. <laughs> And where's your fucking weapon? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but it remind it gave me like big band vibes. Like something that could have happened earlier in our previous episode where we did Kings of the Wild. Oh my god, yeah, hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's a moog kind of bullshit. Like Yeah, that is some moog bullshit. And to me, I think Var that was sort of why he was one of my favorites, because he was sort of like blunt it's it's like blunt humor i wouldn't say that it's like comedic humor but it right. is humor and right. it is it's hilarious. situational humor and it's funny. Yes. like he's calling himself out on like his own stupid Bullshit. mistakes yes and it's also funny when he's interacting with roca you know because she's you know basically his weapons teacher and <laughs> trying to get him into the shield law and make it so that he is like a useful thing with the blood sworn mm-hmm. and meanwhile she's just beating the shit out of him and making fun of him the whole time yep I don't know. It was just very reminiscent of bonding with like a team and like sort of being like an outcast, but eventually right. being like part of the main crew. And then we mentioned Roka, and then I think the other one that we have to mention is Stick, because he is basically the closest thing Varg has to a friend, mm-hmm. besides like the blacksmith's apprentice. Yeah, I don't Shit trust that guy. No, he seems him. fucking weird. I don't trust him either. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done anything to make me think that he's going to be shit. But yeah, but he's going to be shit. I don't know. There's just something about him. He's a little shifty. I feel like oh, here's a here's an early prediction. I feel like this isn't a giant spoiler, so we can go ahead and do it. Early prediction here. I think that he. I can't even remember what his fucking name is. He I don't know. is I so know. desperate to be in a. What are are they? Have they mentioned what they're called? Are they mercenaries or the bands? Are they like what's they're the, mercenaries? I think, they're mercenaries. Troops. He's so desperate to be a part of like a mercenary group that he's gonna like some other mercenary is gonna be like hey oh. like we'll let you in if you betray the bloodsworn and he's gonna be like oh, oh thank you that's yeah it. thank you sweet it's uh, gonna happen. well that could, uh, whatever the raven's wings are that no, fuck be, those guys yeah that could be some people that we see that interaction happening that is a good point you know he does seem to be enthralled by the bloodsworn but if he does get mm-hmm. like burned or something maybe like by Varg becoming like Bloodsworn first I could I could see that happening in this story it's it's dark mm-hmm. enough you know mm-hmm. and then finally I think we have to talk about the leader of the Bloodsworn which is Glornir 
Fucking Which, daddy. Yeah, daddy. But can we talk about like a more Viking name? Glornir. Like, Glornir. He sounds like he's in like a dwarf in the Lord of the Rings and is like about ready to like make a shield. He does. That that is a very good point. It's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, like I'm about to get like the best shield ever from Glornir the Smith. But B- both of the leaders have pretty good. You got Glornir and you got Agnar. Agnar sounds dope, but it's also pretty similar to Ragnar. And That's true. If you don't know about Ragnar, just look him up because it's pretty cool. But I think I think Glornir is pretty fucking cool, and I like the way that he carries himself. He's like, all right, we're fucking fighting. Yep. Like he's really quick to it. He doesn't like to fuck about, and I think that that is pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Elvar, beautiful transition. Yes, I ended up disliking her heavily in the beginning. The whole hunting humans thing didn't really settle well with me. Yeah, like it. Yeah, at first I was okay with it because I thought they were just you know chasing the guy because he was like wanted for murder, and then we're like, oh, we're just kind of slave <laughs> we're just traders kidnapping him. Oh, okay, and his wife and kid. And we're, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, and it was cool. like, well, you're either gonna die or you're gonna come with us, and we'll sell you. And they're like, right. fuck. I guess we're gonna come with you. Yep. Uh, however, as of right now, Elvar is my favorite. Really? I think the whole interaction with her and Jarl Stor and Snackovic has really captured me. Okay, I like that. The, so she's sort of at like a crossroads right now, and it's like sort of the first given crossroads that our, our characters have had mm-hmm. to deal with. Everything else has been just like plot point. You know, it's just like Orca has come across catastrophe. Varg is pretty much has no options but just chilling with the Bloodsborn. Mm-hmm. This one was the first one where it was like the character has to speak for themselves and really figure out how they're going to deal with the situation. I like that. So I think she's going to stay loyal. Um, but the fact that her father, who was trying to marry her off, Mm-hmm. to Queen Helka's son is now like, no, I want you to be like, have your own army. Like, I want you to be like a badass, like you've proven. I think it does speak volumes because meanwhile, his like little shit stain of a son is yeah, like that guy. not capturing the same attention as, you know, she is in battle fame, as they call it. He's uh, then, he's number two behind Goofar for being a bitch. Yeah, he's definitely number two. Goofar, whatever the fuck his name is, is definitely number one. Uh, Justice for Virk, or whatever his fucking Just, name is. Yeah. Yeah, I can't or remember his name, but yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. But I think the fact that, I mean, we kind of could tell that she came from, like, lineage or something, just with how Grend was following her the whole time. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm an idiot, which I guess we're going to talk about Grand in a second. But I was so fucking confused. Like, I couldn't figure out what the significance of Grand was for so long. I was like, is he just like an old guy in the mercenary group that, like, just kind of became a father figure? Like, where, like, why does, why is he so protective? Well, I'll say this. I didn't realize that as well. I just knew that he was a father figure and that there had to be something that happened. So I sort of thought that maybe she was like, running from, like, an invading Jarl that, like, killed her whole family or something. And she was like, oh, I'm going to become, like, better. Mm -hmm. I did not think that her father would be, like, the leader of the biggest city. Yeah. In the fucking Northwest Peninsula. So, for that, I'm on the same page. I don't think think that would be dumb. But, talking about Grend, I even wrote this in my notes. I was like, I'm not sure why or how, but he follows Elvar everywhere without any question. Right, like I feel like I kind of want that backstory. Like I'm sure, yeah. like him, like Agnar and Grind, like had to have some sort of beef at some point about like, oh. hey, I'm I keep calling Elvar and like you keep showing up, and he's like, yeah, yeah. the fuck you gonna do about it? Yeah, fuck you gonna do about it? Because it sounds well, because like the the guard or whatever respect Grind like heavily, mm-hmm. and then the one chick really wants to fuck him. He's like, he's like, fuck no, like I'm not leaving Elvar. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that makes me think, like, Elvar, like, saved his life or something. Or, like, well, they, they make that, like, ran. It, it was literally just, like, a one liner. They imply that Grand was super close to Elvar's mom. Oh, I wonder if he actually and, is uh-huh. That would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, that's my thing with Grand. I think he's pretty cool. I like mm-hmm. him. I like mm-hmm. when her brother's like, I will fucking fight you right now. And Grant's like, I wouldn't do that, but go ahead. <laughs> but sure, whatever. Like, whatever. I don't think you realize she actually has been fighting for a goddamn life like every day. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I've got to talk about it because Elvira like deals the finishing blow to the troll, and she like gets like the trophy piece that she wears around her neck. But like that to me was really cool, and that was like another battle where I think that was I think it was like chapter ten. That was where Elvira started to steal the storyline because that's where she actually said she's like, I'm not really okay with this whole kidnapping thing, but like I will fucking fuck up a troll. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll murder the shit out of a troll. Yeah, it was actually chapter seven, and uh, I wrote. You know, I was talking about how there's like these frost spiders, there's the troll fight, you know, they capture the berserker and, you know, all this stuff. And like, I think chapter seven, I know I said chapter 10 earlier, but chapter seven was where I really fell in love with this. Because the frost spiders, they were like, the huge webs have dead cows hanging in their webs. Just casually. Watch out for them. Like mm-hmm. the slowly like building up with like the boss and being around them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it really well done. And then well, you'll like this. One of my notes is what the fuck is a spurt? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> spurt, baby. But then I think we have to talk about it because it's one of my favorite scenes actually in the beginning of the book. The first half is when the sea bossin or the sea serpent attacks the ship because because mm-hmm. it shows, I think, that A, Agnar isn't really a good guy and the the Sayer Witch Thrall is definitely not treated the same as the one for the Bloodsworn, who's like kind of pampered and like, God, we love you. Oh, yeah. Keep us safe. Right. Uh, this one's sort of like, I'm fucking tired and you guys abuse me. Right. You worked me this whole time. Yeah. And so they get attacked by the Sea Serpent. And I guess we need to go into it. The Thrall, the Sayer Witch can keep the Sea Serpent away with the Serpent Song. So this is where you like kind of realize that like Elvar is sort of above. Agnar, in a way, as far as morality goes, mm-hmm. because you know the the kid, or whatever his name is, gets thrown into the water. The serpent's like going after it, and Elvar's first reaction is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna save him." Mm-hmm. And instantly dives right instantly off the boat. dives right in, and it could have gone a lot worse. It luckily didn't, but that was where I started to be like, "I think I like Elvar." Mm-hmm. And this is also where I was like, "I wonder how much the blood sworn of the battle grim have in common." I th- oh, that's a good question. I feel like I don't know because we haven't really been on a mission with the blood sworn yet. I I want to say we are that there, but we are not currently there. I want to say that the blood sworn are how much morality you can give to a band of mercenaries, but I would like to say that they're more moral than um than Elvar's people. I I like to think that they don't trade in humans, but I don't. You know, we don't really I think have they're any more like they're more famous, so I don't think they have to do oh, yeah. anymore. I think they that's probably did. Right. But I think some now point, they're like they've built up their yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they doing, have they have battle fame, you know. They're doing they're doing the cool shit. They're like you call the bloodsworn to invade like a Garldom, whatever they're called. Right. You don't call the bloodsworn to track down a dude that a bear. can smell the ground for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe it's like the battle grim is sort of like the new wave of you know they're the newer younger you know more rookie-ish and bloodsworns are definitely like the you know the favorites mm-hmm. that's a good i like that yeah and and i think it shows and i also talk about how glornier kind of dwarfs agnar i guess or trumps agnar oh 100 yeah he's way overshadowed by him and I think that that's uh, John's like intent with that. Sort of maybe what Agnar is going to be with the Battle Grim mm-hmm. versus what he is currently now. Because like I, I very much get the sense that Agnar would say someone came up to Agnar and was like, "Hey, I'll give you a shit ton of gold if you sell me Grand," and he's going to be like, "Bet, done, fucking bet, yeah, here gotcha. you go." Whereas yeah. Grand is like, "I will fucking." Murder. Murder. I wrote down, I was like, he's willing to do anything for his crew, but also for coin. So, what does that mean? Right. That was my, like, you know, big fucking metaphysical question about it. Mm -hmm. Because at what point is his his coin worth more than his crew? And it seems like he does have, like, that that unique, like, tightness with, like, six members, and the rest are sort of. Don't really matter. Yeah, they don't really matter. They're just like, ah, they're good warriors. I'm really glad to have them. But, right. I I need numbers here. Yeah. So for that, because like I mean, think about how many people died in the troll fight, and he's just like, we lost some good men. Now to yeah, party. Anywho, yeah, anywho, let's get this guy. We're gonna get a lot of money for him. We gotta, we gotta go sell this bear. Less shares so, to go around. Yeah, and then I actually put in here, and we talked about it, but Yarth Storner brothers is being like sort of side characters. I think. Jarl Storm might make his way into like main character status eventually. Oh, 100%. But he, I think he, she's going to have to betray him. I don't know what you think. 
he gives me um what was the from game of thrones uh, yeah the the lannister Tyrion is that the the oldest guy no ty, ty ah fuck whatever whoever the dad of the the lannister family like he gives yeah. me those kind of vibes like real tricky real yeah, cunning the frozen the marble giant or whatever is like it's like the words that he doesn't say or whatever right tywin Ty- yeah, lannister yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Tywin Lannister. Yeah, he gives me big Tywin Lannister vibes. Yes. Like, don't trust him. He's going to yeah, do everything no. for his namesake. Like, right. And, and we learned that, too, because he's, like, trying to marry Elvar off to, I think it's, like, Hakon or something yeah, like that. Some idiot. Yeah, and she's like, fuck now, I'm going to join the Battlegrim, which I would like to know what that was about. Like, how did that process go? I don't know. Because it's, I don't know how you convince a guy to be like, look, I'm the daughter of the Arl. I know you've seen me. Fucking take me on your ship. This is Grant. He comes with me. Right. Because it doesn't seem like Agnar would be like, yeah, that's cool. Right. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he probably, in Agnar's mind, was like, mm, now I can, like, Loki have an in with uh, with the Arl if, if the need True. ever arises. Yeah. But also at the same time, he's not, like, trying to protect her either. He's not like, like look at everything your daughter's done. It's sort of like, all right, you're going to fucking fight. Right. If you die, you die. It, if you suck, I'm gonna kick you out. Like that's that's what we got. Yeah. So to me, I think it's pretty interesting, and I'm a big fan of Elvar. <laughs> I sort of going into like a summarization of the story. Uh, this is for the people that haven't read the book but are just interested in hearing us talk. I figured because it's all sort of like three separate stories at this moment in time, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of interested to see how the book transitions when they're all together. So I figured we start with Orca, then go Varg, and then Elvar, which is sort of the way they get introduced in the, the novel. Yep. But with Orca, they start off hunting. Mm-hmm. And fuck, Thorkel. Yep. Okay. yep. And Orca are taking Brekka hunting, and he's like about to throw, and we've, we've already talked about this, but he's about to throw the spear, he throws it true, throws it well, and then the foul oh, wolf. The fucking goddamn werewolf comes running out of the woods bleeding scaring the the deer away and to me that was like really cool because i was like oh shit like they're what hurt the wolf right and but that didn't seem to be like their issues so they seem to be pretty calm so i was like all right cool i've been like pissing my pants but whatever uh, and then they like, hearing... know, that just goes to show like how much of a badass forkle and an orca are they're like Meh. yeah oh, they're like, ah, we can handle it yeah that's just one wolf we got this right. no you're totally right and it does kind of create that air about them. And then especially when they hear the screams of the in the homestead and they're like, all right, well, obviously we're going to go fucking investigate. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, like you're going to learn today in, in their abilities. Mm-hmm. And so they go there. They find that everybody there has been slaughtered pretty badly. Yeah. And that brutally is missing. Mm-hmm. And so then they go down to the town, which I fucking made note of it, but I can't remember it right now. Felior, yep. They're going to Felior. They have a Jarl there who is a woman. So Jarl Sigrun is her name. So anyway, they go to report the dead bodies to him, and that's where we meet the fucking prick Gulvar. Godavar. The real pussy. Godvar. Yeah, who's definitely the worst. And he's like, oh, I'll send some men out there. Right. And then they basically just stop at the woods and then come back. Right. Which I think was totally because he was like, just go out there, make him happy and then come back. Right. I think it's at this moment that we learn that there is like a lot of discourse within the people and girls, whatever the fuck, Seagrin. Seagrin, Jay. Yeah, Seagrin. And this is when we learn that she's visiting Queen Helka and that they're going to swear loyalty to him. And maybe this is a horrible reference to make. But this is like the Midwest of this continent, where they're like, fuck the law. Okay, we came here yeah, to be free. A, I like that. We came here to avoid the city. We came here to avoid taxes. And right. now you're just trying to like fuck us up in taxes. Right. Or maybe it's like the West, not the Midwest. But Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's definitely not a Cleveland. It's more like a Colorado. It's not a Cleveland. It's a solid yeah. Wyoming. Yeah, solid Wyoming. This is Montana. And so you start to get that vision, and you start to get that the people are just pleased with how they're—I guess we'll call it a fiefdom. I don't really know the yarldom is going, but they go back after they report the dead bodies. Uh, Orca says some shit, even though Thorkel was like, "Be quiet." Yeah. And yeah. they go back. She starts having some dreams. We we learn about Spurt, 
we Turn. learn about Rekka because he leaves. Idiot. And yeah, and he finds the thing that likes teeth. The weird pterodactyl dragon mini rat thing. Yeah. Tenor. A tenure. Tenor. Tenure. Yep. Yes. And this is where Spurt's like, don't trust Vasen. And Brecker laughs and he's like, You're Vasen, he said. And he goes, Huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm hungry. And then he was like, Tenure or sly, not to be trusted. They'll steal your teeth. One of Spurt's many legs rose and stroked his bristling fangs. Spurt like his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> the tenor shifted in the cart. The blanket around her falling away to reveal the bandages. Brecker had wrapped around her wounds. Fessly, be true, she said in a voice like the rustle and scrape of wind through leaves. Fessly swear oath to Spurtus and Mouter boy. Mouther boy. I don't know how to say these things. Fessly swear to be a friend to Spurtus. <laughs> and friends don't steal teeth. That's what I think that's my favorite thing about the Vasin is like, yeah, they're they're sentient, right? Like they can talk, mm-hmm. they have thoughts, but they're also fucking idiots. The, yeah, the, well, I I would say idiots. Idiots, but, but they're like primarily driven. Like obviously right. they're like, I want some fucking teeth. I want teeth, I want some bloody oatmeal. Yeah, and Spurt's like, look, as long as I get some blood fit, I'm fucking good, bro. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're like, I will take other people's teeth. Like they're they're smart enough to know, like, all right, I've sworn to know if like I can't take this kid's teeth, but like right. give me some other fucking teeth, please. <laughs> so t- and then they also talk about how that type of Austin is like dangerous in groups, but by themselves are like nothing. Right. So I think that that's sort of like the theme to the Boston. Like once you have one, you're fine. Unless it's a spurt and you're trying to drink some water. <laughs> but imagine you're just like trying to take a bath in the river. <laughs> and a scorpion man thing black acid at you. You just die immediately. Like oh, that fucking went poorly. What a way to go. Like you get to the afterlife. Yeah, Cause he's like, hiding under a rock rock. Yeah. yeah, he's literally like they have to unearth the rock to wake him up. Like he's literally yep. sleeping under a rock. Like he's like a yep. catfish of death. And I really like how like the first really the first time we interact with well, not the first time, but when when Brecca goes missing for that little bit and Orca goes to talk to Spart and she's like, Hey, wake up. Where the <laughs> fuck is Brecca? And he's like, I don't know. I was <laughs> no. asleep. Yeah, and he's like, Look, it's tiring looking out for Boston every now and again. He's like, Where's like, my food? She's like, I already yeah. got it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, also, where are my snacks? <laughs> Where's my spit and blood oatmeal? Which I love the the like obviously they made a blood oath, and I don't know how you end up making a blood oath with a spurt, but um, yeah. The fact that it was like, you will watch out for Vasen. And he's like, yes. He's like, and okay. you will feed me oatmeal with blood and spit. And it's like, that seems pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, she's like, weird, but cool. Yeah, I can yeah, do weird, that. but I can do that. I've done worse. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally get Brecka back. That At that point in time, I was like, ah, shit's about to be. So mm-hmm. they go for their all thing. All things. All things all, considered all, men. All think. The all thing. Where we learn more about the world and the O stones and how men decided to destroy them. I do kind of get the vibe that like Brecca, assuming he survives this book and can't, he becomes like a main character throughout. I feel like Brecca is the kind of guy that is going to change the world. He thinks all you know, this fighting is stupid. You know, like yeah, let's just build stuff and maybe not destroy it. That sounds like a good idea. And just, yes. You know, you know, the other thing is, and I didn't just realize this until you just said it, but. There is no guarantee that our main characters make it to the next book. Oh, yeah, no shot. I'd... And it could be very much their offspring mm-hmm. filling in their shoes. But so they're at the all thing. And this is where our boy, or Verk, whatever his name is, challenges. Well, and so, so before we get into that, and then this is where Orca starts talking shit. She's like, she knew well enough that the braggarts like Guvar. I think it's Guthvar. Guthvar. Not, that yeah, right. Guthvar. We're, we're now we're in, and we're going to get the name right. Like, Guthvar, we're not the real warriors. It was the ones who never threatened violence, which she's saying is Verk, mm-hmm. which is ironic because he then threatens violence. Yeah, well, Guthvar starts it. <laughs> yeah, and so this is where I was like, ah, I feel like Orca was definitely like a warrior thrall. Mm-hmm. And I also was like, I don't think Jarl's Sigrun is really doing the wrong thing. I just think she's going about it the wrong way. But I immediately changed him like two chapters later. <laughs> so then Burke challenges 
Uthvar to one-on-one combat, and Orca is the second. I wasn't really sure what the second meant, because, like, normally, like, a second is, like, somebody that's just, like, going to behead you, you know, like, in right, case yeah. you're mortally wounded. And right. So, in this one, I wasn't really sure if, like, that meant, like, what, can he tap her in? Like, just like <laughs> WWE? Yeah, just tag, tag team wrestling. Yeah. So... Once that happens, we get into the fight and they challenge him to a whole manga or something like Hulk. that. Yeah, something yeah, sure. That works. Yeah. Um, like I said, I already apologized previously. Uh, I'm going to slaughter every single fucking word. <laughs> so Verk actually wins and Dick sort of beats the shit out of him. With a hurt arm. His his arm's With, fucked up. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me think Guthvar is even more of a pussy. Yes. And then he fucks up, and he tries to kill him anyway. Ah, oh, yeah, but Goofar just talks shit. It. Yeah, he talks shit. And listen, and... I'm on the side of, like, Goofar technically never surrendered. Like, yeah, he, like, got him on his back and whatever, but Goofar never... Did he ever say the word yield? I don't think he ever yield, technically um, yielded. Yielded. Let me check. They start talking about the farmer's axe, you know, made for fence-building woodworking, but its blade was sharp, and it looked well-balanced. And then Orca's like, it will cleave a skull as well as a timber post. And I was like, all right. Yeah. All right, yep, yep. And then she talks about how fighting well in training is different from putting steel into another man's flesh. Mm-hmm. Then Virk's shield gets kind of hacked in with the sword. So then Guvar squirms on the ground, ripped his arm free of the shield, and twisted on his back as Virk stood over him. And he actually says to submission, Guvar squeaked. Virk's arm lowered. You have fled, Weasel Turd. First, <laughs> nodding at where the Drenger lay sprawled the wrong side of the hazel rod. Guthbar's face twisted with shame and pain as he tried to reach for his sword. He whimpered as his arm flopped, the axe wound in his shoulder having severed muscle. Which, can you talk about that? Alright, like now, that would still suck. But like back then? Back then, you, you were fucked. You, that arm ain't <laughs> never gonna work the same again. Yeah, like, shit. I mean, how much, how much rehab do you have to do to bring that back? Easily six months. Like six minimum months. six months. And you're not doing that because you're fighting for your goddamn life every day. Right. And then Verk v- kicked Guthvar's sword away. You're nothing but a night, a nothing weasel turd. Which I'm also, I'm a big fan of the phrase weasel turd. Me too. Yeah, weasel turd's good. I wish you could say that nowadays and people would take you seriously. Right. Yeah, but they definitely don't. Because like a weasel turd is small. It's insignificant. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's like a double-edged sword. There's a deep meaning there. Like you're a shit. Like that could be a cow patty arranged to a rabbit turd. Exactly. But a weasel turd is very specific. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he he whimpers to submission, and then he gets a little gloaty. And now say it, you submit to me, weasel turd. And Guthbar glared up at him. Say it, Virk snarled. You are a nithing. Guthbar spat at him. Win or lose, this changes nothing. You'll always be a worm beneath my feet. And then this is where the faithful thing happens. Virk oh. stood there a moment. Guthbar's words sinking deep. Twitches flickered across Virk's face. Snarled, bared his teeth, and raised his axe high. Jarl Seagrin screamed. Orca bunched her legs, leaping to knock Verk away from Gufar. Then a body crashed into Verk before Orca could reach him. And this is where we learned about the warrior thralls. Yeah. And this is where Orca's like, all right, bet, we're going to fucking fight. So I'm pretty sure this one is a hybrid. And I think it's like Wolf and... Wolf and the Hound. Hound mm-hmm. Which seems to be significantly better than just being a fucking hound. Mm-hmm. And so... Orca, they start to, like, fight. They're doing really well. And then Thorkel steps in, kind of takes him away. But this is where Thorkel gets cut. And then the Thrall takes the blood, and Orko's like, I already know that that's a bad sign. Because, like, let's be honest. I don't think normal people fucking do that, even in this universe. And yeah. immediately, I think she's thinking, like, hybrid Thrall. And so they're like, they go back home. They're, like, hoping that the, the fisherman's sons, you know, Thorkel's like, if as long as they're not stupid, they'll be fine. Spoiler alert, they were not fucking fine. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> So this is where the drama happens. Um, they decide that they're going to leave and go find a new place to live with everything with Queen Helka and everything with Guthbar. It just seems like the best. And she goes into the woods that morning, finds the ash tree burnt, which is like their protector. And I guess it's like another one of the Vazen that they've made like a pact with, which mm-hmm. makes me think the Vazen aren't like enemies. It's just like if you fuck with them, they will fuck with you back. Right. And so that is pretty interesting to me. But then she hears screaming, and this is where Spurt comes into action, and he kills one of the raiders. One guy. One guy. And Thorkel kills, like, 20 fucking two of them. Yep. And so this is where I think Orca puts everything together. You know, she also starts to come into her true character at this moment in time, too. 
because uh, she's I mean she's motherly, but she's not she's relying on Thorkel to like tone her back every now and again. Right. And so Thorkel ends up fighting all this shit. It's pretty dope. I think I wish I could have gotten that perspective. I don't know what you think. From As, like the like, fight? Yeah, the fights. I knew Thorkel was a badass simply from that one moment when yeah, like we we just talked about it when he like steps in to break the fight and the the tainted like lunges at him and he simply just like sidesteps and just fucking cracks her in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like clearly like, it's like, okay, this don't guy, play with uh, Yeah. And then it clearly shows because he takes on like 22 people. Yeah. Which while his house is on fire. Well, yeah. Vastly or whatever was like, we had to leave. Cause like the smoke was getting too bad. Mm-hmm. And so like, Hey, the dude's like asthmatic at this moment in time. Not really, but I don't know the proper words for it. What is the word for smoke inhalation? Smoke inhalation. Okay, cool. He's uh, <laughs> suffering from smoke inhalation. <laughs> and uh, and he's still killing them. Uh, but eventually he dies. R.I.P. And R.I.P. Thorkel, because I thought he was going to be like a really cool fucking character. I know. And Brekka gets kidnapped. This is where Orca ends up coming back. She's like rushing. She sees footsteps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where she looks at Spurt, sees that he's like dying. And she's like, peace out. And she starts following the footsteps and they're getting back in the boat with their pony. And then I think they fucking kill the pony, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, it's fucking on. She's got Mm -hmm. weapons. She has the knives that killed Thorkel. Mm -hmm. And she fucking goes ham. And that's when we, I think we officially learn that Orca is a badass. Yeah. And then she tortures the fucking dude. (laughs) Yeah. When, uh, as soon as she removed the the knives from Thorkel's mm-hmm. chest as to use as weapons. I'm like, oh, the, this this a this a bad bitch. <laughs> this is a bad bitch. She, she, drive, she ain't fucking around. She's very practical. She drive a white range. Oh yeah, I, I think practicality is a good word for her. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, yeah. she loved Thorkel, but like she needed a needed a weapon, and yeah. that was the closest one at hand. That was the closest one, and she also like vows. She's like, these will be the weapons that fucking kill the guy that killed you. Oh yeah, I like that. And took her child, and I was like, oh shit, that's pretty. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I get why you, you fucking like her. She's badass. Yeah. Yeah. So all this happens. She figures out that they're going, taking Brekka to a man named Drecker. I think that it's important because I think Drecker is, it's not confirmed at this moment in time, but is it in league with Queen Helka? Well, it's kind of confirmed because this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit. But when Orca is kind of torturing the, the thrall a little bit. Oh, yeah. She's like, well, who did you tell? And she said, this person who works... Oh, Yara Segrin, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, you're totally fucking right. And so, yeah, so that's the second thing. So then Orca goes back, buries Thorkin, pulls a chest of money and weapons. She's got her Brinja or whatever it's called, yeah. her chain mail, which is apparently a very nice set. And if we know anything about battle fame and that you take the nicest one and you use it, mm-hmm. uh, she's been fucking killing it. <laughs> I think, for obviously, like, yeah, she just, like, murdered, like, four people on her own and yeah. I think this when she digs up that chest, that was the moment for me. I'm like, oh shit. Like she this is like some John Wick kind of bullshit. Like she, Yeah, she's definitely the John Wick of the Viking world. She she just dug up her past and she is gonna go on a fucking murder spree. So she kills him, learns that he's gonna direct her. She's connected the dots. She knows that the thrall tastes the blood, found out that he's tainted. It mm-hmm. gets confirmed by Vesley, the tenure. Mm-hmm. When he's like, uh, Thorkel changed. And you're like, uh, but this is where the thing is, like where we have to assume that he's just a berserker. Uh, because they don't say what he is. And no, neither does Orca. Right. And then when Thorkel's dying, I guess we skipped over this. He, he just says the words dragon thrall. So mm-hmm. either that means a dragon thrall killed him or that he's referencing and giving like the okay to so like go, go, Orca, go, be like, go, go fucking be a boss hold. bitch. Go be you. And I kind of took it as that way. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to be that way personally. But oh, so yeah. then we go to good old Jarl Segrin, and we find out that the fisherman's sons tried to kill Guthvar, and they're currently hanging. And then she assassined Creed, some guard watching yeah, them. Jesus Christ. Feel bad for that chick. Yeah, I know. Yeah, can you imagine like the one time you fall asleep, you're just like, like instantly fucking Obviously, dead. you're you're pretty low on the totem pole, you know, if you're pulling guard duty at for some you know, fisherman son. The late shift, you have some fisherman son, you're just fucking chilling, and then some seven foot tall woman <laughs> just stabs you right in the neck. Yeah, and then you're fucking done. Yep. And then she sneaks into Jarl Segrin's bed. 
who is currently in bed with another woman. Now that's who I. It was another dude. Oh no, no, no! It was a dude. It was a dude. But the that's who I really feel like bad watching. for. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine that guy? You know, he's like, I'm just here to get some ass, and then he wakes up and just gets fucking stabbed. <laughs> it's like stabbed. Yeah. And then the warrior thrall that we originally talked to um, comes popping out. They fight. Orca completely dominates the fight. Totally one sided. Oh yeah. Stabs them in the gut, and then slashes the fuck out of Yara Seagram. In the mm-hmm. face, and right in the fucking face. so that was nice because, in my mind, and maybe this isn't how you portray it, but Jarl Seagram's like very like she's got like the silver inlays in her hair and shit. Like she's definitely like, like I'm a queen. Look at me. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. now she's got this giant scar from Orko. And mm-hmm. to me, that was cool. And her cousin is a pussy. It's just this whole thing. Yeah, clearly they're living the life of luxury, and they're not as hard as they used to be. Yes. So then this is where we find out about Queen Helka is probably in leagues with Drekker. And I guess I didn't mention this, but they go to the fisherman boat where they're waiting. And this is where Orca like makes them go in circles mm-hmm. and like leave to the sea. But then they go back to the shore and they're like, what the fuck are we doing? And she's like, well, now they think we went out to sea and we didn't. So we're safe. And the two fishermen are like, all right, cool. Let's go m- murder Guthar right now. Well, it's not really the two. It's just the one. Yeah, it's just the one. And that's sort of where we cut. They end up deciding that they're going to help Orca, and Orca is making her way to Drekker, and they're going to buy time for their revenge. So that is like the first plot point that we leave off at. Mm-hmm. Do we, do we want to go ahead and make the make Orca predictions, or do we want to? Yeah, do yeah. I think we make Orca end. predictions right now. Okay. Uh, here's here's my first hot take. You ready for this? All right, I'm ready. She's pregnant. Oh, because they were trying. They were trying. They they brought it up, and he's. There's been like a lot of like subtle mentioning mentions of like her belly in various different ways. So yeah, I I think she's pregnant. Well, astute Joel. That's that medical background. Boom. My prediction, which I probably shoved down everybody's ears, is that she's a dragonborn, and she's mm-hmm. about to fuck shit up. But I think that the dragonborn. I think they're different. I think like she clearly gets angry. Like, oh, yeah, a clearly. Bit. And I think she has to like probably hit like an anger point before like she can trigger the dragon throw. And that would make sense, or not dragon throw, but dragonborn painted powers. Because everyone's like, oh, we don't see them. And the other ones seem to be able to change on command. Mm-hmm. So I think in my mind, she's a dragonborn. And maybe there's going to be two dragonborn bear hybrids. And that's pretty cool to me. She has the highest chance of dying, but she also has yes. the highest chance of killing everybody. 100%. Do you think she gets Brecca back? I don't know. Ooh, here's a, this, this just came to me. This was, I didn't have uh, any premeditation on this. What if she makes it to um, to Brecca? And for whatever, you know, obviously this guy's kidnapping a lot of kids for some reason we don't really yes. know yet. What if it's kind of, it turns into a, like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of deal? Where Brecca oh. like loves this guy, like wants to is on this guy's side and doesn't want to go back with Orca. That is that's kind of a thing. I think he's gonna be like what you said earlier. Like he's gonna be sort of like this leader. I think he's like, Mom, don't save me, save all these other kids that have been kidnapped. Ooh, I could I could see him doing and that. And I see him sort of becoming like a leader figure eventually. And if that's how it plays out, I don't think Orca lives. Cause then like what's the motion for, for Brecca to be like, I need to get I need to like lead these people. Right. So maybe the whole thing's about Brecca becoming like a leader. Maybe. maybe. And do you th- do you think that's how Orca and uh, at least Elvar get introduced? Is obviously I, I think I'm assuming. Sorry, this is kind of a spoiler. Because um, I I think that Elvar, you know, they're going to go after whatever that kid's name is. Yeah, and like they're going like the Ravens are taking the ra- What are they? The Raven Wings? The the, the Raven? No, that's I, Harry I, Potter. I, um, yeah. The yeah, Raven corn, Raven. Raven <laughs> I don't know some Raven feeders. There it is. There it is. Okay, that's a much better name than Raven. Wing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Raven feeders, uh, especially because of the implications. Mm-hmm. But but I think you're right. I think that's how they get introduced because he's currently working for Queen Elka, mm-hmm. technically. But let's take it to Varg if you're ready for it. Yeah, to Varg. Thank you for tuning in to part one of our Shadow of the Gods episode. As normal, Joel and I like this book a little too much and went way over our normal timeline. So please join us for Vargin Alvar's stories in part two. And thanks for listening.
to cut this out, but uh, my AC, uh, like the part that actually comes into my apartment, uh, caught on fire like four in the morning last week. And I'm so not was, editing that out. <laughs> so I was woken up to my smoke detectors going off and a lot of smoke. Really? <laughs> yes. Jeez. What happened? Uh, I don't really know if they wrote because obviously I like like did you like the call the, pol- the did you call the fire department? I was fucking tired. I put the fire out and I went back to bed. <laughs> Um, so I just like said, like put in a little work order. I was like, "Hey, my AC's broken." Side note: because a 